Blog Talk Radio. Okay, everybody, we have our next guest on board here. He's a very talented writer, director. His name is Ryan David, and he has a brand-new film, Future Days, that will be making its world premiere at the Cinequest Film Festival that starts April 1 through the 17th. And by the way, Cinequest is a virtual film festival, and they will have a lot of powerhouse uh, actors and directors such as Ryan and others there. I highly suggest that you go check out their website there and, uh, you know, just find out how you can sign up, get your tickets, and just get on board. So now, Ryan, that we have our business taken care of there, uh, again, your film is Future Days. And so just tell us about, I can only imagine how much excitement you and your staff and crew and actors uh, must have about this big premiere. So tell us all about where your excitement level is. Yeah, I mean, we're we're super thrilled, obviously, uh, like making this movie during the pandemic and a lot of themes of the movie kind of replicate kind of the the schizophrenia of the, everybody's identity during the, this pandemic. So it's cool that the movie refers so much to what we've all been going through. But yeah, I mean, we're super thrilled, especially because movies about kind of technology in the future and, and the fact that CineQuest is in Silicon Valley and based in like the AR uh, and VR world, um, augmented reality, virtual reality. So it, it feels like a perfect fit to premiere the movie. So like, we're actually really thrilled and, uh, I was just talking to my lead actress today, Tanya Ramonde, and uh, she's super thrilled because uh, she thinks one of her best performances, and so she's excited for, for the film to get out there. Oh, yeah, I can only imagine. So, um, yeah, you were saying the, the timing is perfect as far as the, the genre of film in light of all of the pandemic and all of the fallout from that. So did you – were you filming the film? the film during the last two years or was it already in the can? Yeah, no, I mean, it was pretty, pretty surreal. I mean, the movie, the movie is kind of a surrealist pop, pop art, I would say. Um, it's very kind of, again, it's kind of a surreal psychedelic piece, but it was crazy because like we were shooting, like we were, we started shooting, uh, middle of the end of January, 2020, yeah, 2020. And so COVID, like everything shut down March 15th and we rewrapped, the production like three days before like everything was shut down so like we were shooting during like, like when the first like waves of COVID was hitting so all the post-production was done in COVID but we literally just got it right in in there before uh COVID happened so we didn't do what the production situations other people dealt with but it was definitely like influencing the movie while we were shooting it so it was, it was kind of surreal to have that happen because it definitely had an effect on the performances and what was going on in the world so just obviously just a lot of Oh, it's kind of like a, a landmine or something. You just have to duck and dodge and test and all of that. Yeah, for sure. Well, it was interesting. There's like one scene. I mean, it's like maybe like 30 seconds from the movie, but there's a scene in in a convenience store, and there's a clip. There's saying talking about the pandemic cha- like happening, and we saved the audio from it. We were filming the audio, and it was the actual like pandemic from from the COVID. So wow. it was like we were filming, and like the actual like you know. Uh, the, the TV screen in the in the convenience store was talking about it, so it's pretty funny. So now you are also, in addition to being the director, you're also the writer of this script. So tell us what inspired this this storyline for you. 
Yeah, um, the storyline, it kind of like came together. I was working on a film, this is my second feature, so I was working on another film, kind of a satire about the film industry and kind of like trying to make independent films, and so I couldn't get it off the ground, so the timing wasn't right, and um, I've been fortunate fortunate enough to work with Danny Harrison. Um, he's George Harrison, son of the Beatles, and Danny does my music for me in my first film in this one as well. And um, I, I just I just had seen him, and we were talking, and just, you know, sometimes in life, some project closes, one door closes, another one takes off, and we're just talking about life, and I don't know, I just went, um, kind of like, had like a, just kind of this, like, struck by lightning type of thing, where you're kind of with the script in two, two, two weeks, and after that, I kind of worked on it for about two years while getting the cast and everything put together, but it was just, I don't know, I had this, I was walking on Mulholland Drive, and I had this kind of, like, split situation when I was on this hike is like what if there's a version of me on the Hollywood version what if there's a version of me on the Studio City version and so on the hike I kind of thought about like what if there's two versions of yourself that kind of like talk to each other uh, and I love a lot of classical cinema and there's a very famous uh, movie called The Double Life of Veronique um, and that really inspired me and another movie called Primal inspired me so I kind of like took those things as kind of uh watching ground and kind of ran with it and uh, kind of wrote this film really quickly. Um, I did a lot, of, a lot of drafts and rewrites on it over the next two years, but it kind of just kind of was like a fever dream. I just kind of like wrote down what was coming to me. Well, to have it all pretty much wrapped up within two weeks, you were very much inspired, obviously, there. Uh, yeah. Well, it, it was like, it, it's, not, it's not so easy. It never, it's never happened before, and it'll probably never happen again. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. Just a bit to happen. Now, the, the storyline, uh, and I'm going to pass the baton over to you. After, so it's about this character, this guy, this Sean Gray's character who goes to the future, future Sean, and luckily in the future we see there's, there's, there's love there, love story there. And um, then he goes back. So we don't want to give away too much. I'm I'm doing a, a bad job on paraphrasing the storyline. So you take it from there. Yeah, and, no, it's okay. And give us the the, the official storyline. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, essentially, like most time travel movies, like they're, they're always about like sending. It's called the grandfather paradox. So it's about sending yourself back to the past to change something. But like, the, like I was, I study a lot about quantum physics, and if there is time travel available, you can only send yourself into the future. So like Back to the Future, The Terminator, all of those things, are, like a lot of great cinema. Like it's not actually any way you can possibly time travel. Whereas like if if Einstein's all all of his crazy theories are correct, the only way you can send yourself into the future is is Basically, something, excuse me, something's open in the future. So I guess Christopher Nolan got it right with Inception. Um, it's about a good thing about gravity. But, the, you know, to me, it was less about the time travel aspect. It was more of, like, I really like this idea of, like, a movie about It's a Wonderful Life. I love that movie, the Frank Capra movie. Mm-hmm. And so it's about, you know, it's kind of like this, like, Charles Dickens, various various ways your life can unfold. And I use time travel as a device. But it's more about this kind of, like, you know, wanting to accept and love your life for where you are in your life instead of all instead of projecting yourself into your future. I think a lot of times in life, you know, we, we the reason why we we plan and have adventures or have an imagination is we're trying to like think about the different ways that our lives can turn out, but we kind of miss the present and we miss where we are. And so the the, the story is kind of this, as I said, this Charles Dickens, Charles Dickens, um, Frank Capra, it's a wonderful life kind of message of kind of relinquishing grand ambitions and plans and just enjoying who you are and where you are with the people that you're with and uh, kind of kind of not worrying so much about 
fame, success, power, money, all those things. So, you know, it's good lesson in today's world. So away from the movie, away from the script, away from Hollywood, when when all the lights are turned down and nobody's watching, do you, Ryan, David, do you believe in time travel? Yeah, I mean, as I said, there's, uh, I do. I mean, it's possible, you know, it's, it's possible. So Kurt Gödel was one of uh, Einstein's best friends. And he said, if your theory of relativity is right, then, like, we could, you can only send yourself into your future. So, like, you know, I don't know if we'll, do, if we'll ever be technologically advanced to be able to do it. But, you know, as I said, it's like if you send two twins into, into outer space and one twin was a little bit further than Earth, then another twin, and if they both came back at the same time, one twin would be a little bit older, one twin would be less young, uh, less old, excuse me. And so it's like time travel in terms of like the time travel that we know in movies, not so much, but you know, it, time travel kind of works about the gravity, about the relationships, the gravity, and how we take ourselves seriously. So it's a complicated answer, but yeah, I do. I mean, I think in terms of like where you are in your life. I mean, I, I, funnily enough, we're all kind of time traveling, right? If you listen to a song that reminds you of when you were a kid, you're time traveling, or if you like see a picture of your kid when they were like two or another three or four, you time travel. So like we're all in, in our imagination time travel all the time. So are we literally time traveling? No, but I think, you know, in our own lives, we experience it, you know, through, through emotions and smells and tastes and kind of things we see. So I guess, uh, I guess the answer is yes. So if, if somebody would pick you up and just say, okay, we're going to go back in time. What era? Is there a particular era you'd want to go back to? With you know, oh uh, for sure. I mean, I always say all the time. I would like to like to go to Vienna, like the nineteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds, because like Freud, Einstein, Carl Jung. There was just like it was the birth of the twenty, 20 the modern era, right? Twentieth century, mm-hmm. and, and and there was such a such a big change from previous you know twelve thousand years up until then. And you have all these like, very famous physicists and psychologists being born. So mm-hmm. um, I'd probably say Vienna in like, the 1900s, pre-World War One. I've always been fascinated by Nikolai Tesla. I would love to have been able to know. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. I have a Nikolai Tesla tattoo. So, oh, you're uh, kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He, 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 just, he was just a fascinating person. But... Yeah, you know, maybe in our dreams that might happen for both of us. We can meet. Yeah, well, that's, that's why I made this movie. Our dreams, you know, movies are dreams, and so yeah. it's a really great, great way to experience different realities and to be alive while you're, you know, dreaming. So, so movie making, filmmaking, is this? Um, how did you get into filmmaking? Was this a, a career that you always wanted to do, or did you just yeah. kind of fall into it? Yeah, I always wanted to. You know, I was like nine, ten years old. I was always making movies. I mean, I, I was born in '86, so you know, I grew up with the blockbuster era. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people say like, oh, you know, cinema's dead, or this or that, in terms of like everything. But like, I grew up watching movies on tape and like at home. So like, most of my cinematic experiences of films were all through videotape, you know, especially with, like, these old-fashioned movies. I always just was really obsessed with them, and I moved around a lot as a kid, so I'm the youngest child in my family, so by that age, my parents were just like, oh, like, just stay at home with some videotapes and some pizza. So they would, like, go out, and I would just sit at home and, like, watch, like, three movies a night by myself. So it was kind of, because I moved so much, it was kind of a way for me to kind of just, you know, it was, like, kind of like a babysitter in a way. So, yeah, like, films in a way, like, saved my life. So, to me, it's, I'm just kind of giving back the whole lineage of it. But I, I always wanted to do it. I went to NYU. Not for film. I went for went to Gallatin for uh, psychology and neuroscience. But knowing that I wanted to be a filmmaker. So I was always taking several classes in film. And, um, yeah, I came out to L.A. 
about 12 years ago, 15 years ago, and so I was working my way towards it, working for various companies. I used to work for various production companies, and then about 27, 28, I said, okay, I gotta, I gotta like, try to make my move now. So I made my first feature film when I was 28, came out when I was 30. That has the score by Danny Harrison as well. Um, one of my favorite directors of all time is this guy named Nick Rowegg, famous 70s director, influenced a lot of people like Nolan and Danny Boyle. And his son was in my first movie, actually. Um, so I had him and Danny Harrison, so I had the children of very famous British, British celebrities. And then from that movie, we, we, we went to this one. So it took a couple of years to get that off the ground, but um, this is kind of a sequel, if you will, to like themes in that movie. So uh, yeah, it's been exciting. It's been tough, and I love it, but um, I'm excited for, for this one because I feel like you, know, you, you never learn how to make a movie until you make one. So the yeah. fact that um, I get to learn every time I make one and I get better, hopefully, uh, it's exciting. So I hope um, my school set and it's exciting for the audience. Well, the first one was a little, you know, still kind of getting my sea legs under me. Well, as I said earlier, uh, your film Future Days will be making its world premiere at the Cinequest uh, dot org, Cinequest, C-I-N-E-Q-U-E-S-T, Cinequest dot org, and it's virtual, and you guys, everybody listening out there, they can tune in. It starts April 1 through the 17th. So, okay, Ryan, after the big uh, premiere at Cinequest, what's the next um, route for the film? Are you going to continue the film festival circuit? Are you going streaming or what? Yeah, so we're, no, we're, just, we're doing the film festival circuit for sure. I think the movie plays a little bit more for a European audience. It's like um, nothing against the uh, interesting people in, in Europe for a little bit more of an abstract thing. So I hope people in the indie film will love it, but I just know it might be a little bit tougher about sell in America. But we've already gone to the Valencia Film Festival um, in in in, uh, in Spain, and um, we're also getting to the Triste Film Festival, Science Fiction Film Festival in Italy and Rome. So we got those two. So we have a couple European festivals, and uh, hopefully there will be some more U.S. festivals. There's also the Montreal Film Festival. So we had a couple uh, we're waiting to hear back from. But this is this is the kickoff of kind of like our, our um, season. So if you don't catch it here, you can catch it in other, other places over the course of next year. And I understand you guys, uh, the film does, has, has its own uh, website. So give us that website information. Yeah, it's just futuredays.com. Okay. And then uh, we have Instagram as well. It's at future.days. Okay. And um, so, yeah, we both have the website we launched and the uh, Instagram. And I think all the information is there. So we'd love for everybody to kind of come check it out. Okay. And lastly, um, have you, now you did mention that this film is kind of, kind of a sequel to a previous one. What Will there be a sequel to Future Days or you've got a whole different project? On well, the yeah. Well, no, I think, I mean, it's like they're not like there's three sequels. I think they're spiritually all connected. So like, mm-hmm. there's definitely a trilogy. I have a movie I'm planning. It's called Embryo. I'd love to get that off the ground. I think it's a kind of a spiritual, there's a kind of, it's kind of a spiritual trilogy. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're all, they're all basically about couples in love. So very much influenced by Anto- Antonioni. He has his, his trilogy. I think it was uh, La Ventura, La Not. I forget his last film that was in the trilogy. But yeah, super. It's about all about couples and love and romance. And well, I really love the romance genre. I think it kind of is kind of taking a back seat uh, in in our modern world. And it's a shame because I think that a lot of people obviously already experiences romance. So um, we should have some more romance films, especially in this world of. Uh, 
you know, divorces and marriages and all things that happened with uh, COVID. You know, I think a lot of people got married, a lot of people got divorced. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so there's, you know, romances and love and relationships are tough. And I think, you know, sometimes seeing art about that helps you kind of get get a handle on your life, what's going, you're going on with you. So I think, so yeah, it's a genre that I really like. And, you know, it might be old-fashioned. I kind of see myself as an old-fashioned guy. So you know, that's why I made it. Well, there were definitely some pretty intense love scenes there with uh, future Sean and past Sean there with yeah. the love interest of the young lady. Yeah. <laughs> they were, I bet that was kind of, sure. fun, kind of fun probably to shoot, I'm sure. Yeah, they well, were. Well, finally here, since we are, uh, this is Academy Award Oscar weekend, do you have any picks, your personal picks for best yeah, I mean, that? I really, I really, I mean, like, my biggest pick didn't get nominated. I thought Bradley Cooper was his best performance in Nightmare Alley. Nightmare Alley is Guillermo del Toro. I love him as well. It's probably his best movie, and he kind of got snubbed. I thought it was probably Bradley best performance. Um, I love, I love foreign films, so I really love Drive My Car, the Japanese film, and I really love The Worst Person in the World, but he's the... I think he's from Oslo. I really, and I kind of, if you're talking about romance and kind of like a coming of age story about a young adult, then I think Worst Person in the World, kind of hoping that wins the best foreign Oscar. Um, he's just a great film director, and I think that I'm really excited about that thing. And uh, yeah, female performances this year, it's kind of tough, but yeah, um, I kind of hope for uh, Jessica Chastain for Tammy Faye, just because I love her so much, so I hope she wins for that. She did a fantastic job with that role in the makeup yeah, department. Exactly. Too. And, she, and she produced it too, so it's her baby. So oh, I yeah. hope she wins because, yeah. it, you know, it's, it's her thing all the way through. So produced it, you know, she shepherded that project and it's hard to shepherd projects. So I, I hope she, she gets it for everything. And what about for the guys, best actor? You got any picks for him? Um, no, as I said, like my, mine didn't get nominated. Mine's Bradley oh, okay. Cooper. I still think that like Bradley Cooper's performance in Nightmare Alley was his best performance. It's my, it's my favorite performance of the year. I was like still blown away. So the fact that he got snubbed kind of like bothered me a little bit. So that's my pick is not even on the roster. <laughs> well, we're going to find out. I take it the, our big Oscar Academy Award weekend party scenes for you, or are you just going to kind of take it easy? No, I'm actually, I'm actually, I, I flew to New York. I'm moving to Lisbon, Portugal. So I, uh, I flew to New York to see some friends, and then next week I'm going to, uh, I moved to Lisbon. So I'll spend half the year in, in LA and half the year in Portugal. But yeah, I'm kind of in a kind of change right now. So no parties for me this year. But I hear the the Jay Z party at Chateau is going to be pretty good. So I wish I was there. Wow, Ryan, I need to trade lives with you. <laughs> what a, that is so exciting. It sounds like you're going to have an yeah. even more exciting life there. Well, again, the movie is Future Days. Uh, futuredays.com is the website. And, again, makes a big splash, big premiere at Cine, the Cinequest Film Festival, cinequest.org, April 1 through 17th. Thank you so much, Ryan, for chatting and giving us some backstory cool. about your film. It's a really cool film. I really enjoyed watching it. Cool. Thank you so much. Okay. And best of luck to you uh, in Lisbon and New York. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, okay. I appreciate it. Have okay. a good one. Thank you, then. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. Thank you for listening to another edition of Film Festival Radio. 
with your host, Janice Malone. Be sure to download this and other episodes at filmfestivalradio.com.